0: Adonai, Adonai, El Rachum v'chanun, erech ha'payim v'ra'v Chesed v'Emet, Nozer Hesel la'Alafim, No se Avon nizakeh. The Lord. The Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, extending loving kindness to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion and sin, and absolving. This is the. These are the Shalosh Esrei Midot Harachamim. These are the 13 attributes of God as described by himself, of himself, in Exodus 34. This is when Moses went up to seek forgiveness for the people after the golden calf. These attributes are a huge component of the month of Elul. They are a big part of the high holidays. They are a central part of the Yom Kippur supplications, and for very, very good reason. And they are a big part of what today is, Shabbat Shuvah, the Shabbat of return or the Shabbat of Teshuvah of repentance, because that's what it means to repent. It means to return, literally turn. And this, these, these. These attributes, that's a very sterile and sort of uh, impotent word, attributes. But, but these are the things that, were, that, that God used to describe himself after the golden calf. The greatest sin in Israel's history. And I want you to pay attention to God's description of himself. The text begins with Adonai, and that's what we sing. Adonai, the holy and sacred name of God, the Lord. This is the name that signifies God's compassion. His sacred name equated with mercy and judgment. It's said again, Adonai, Adonai. It's stated a second time. Because God is not only with you before you sin, but he is with you after the sin which makes room for repentance. He does not abandon us even in our sin, but he waits for us to return. El, El, God, the power that sustains the universe. Rahum, he is compassionate. Rahum comes from the same Hebrew word that means womb. It is God's his, his compassion is, can be compared to a mother for a child. Chanun, his grace. Gracious. Compassionate. I mean, I'm sorry. Gracious. Chanun. It is unmerited grace. This is not something that you can do to earn. This is chen. This is grace. He's erich apayim. He's slow to anger, and you should thank God every day that he's slow to anger. Because as the psalm says, God, if you kept a record of iniquity, who could stand? But he's slow, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. Verav chesed, a great amount of kindness and truth. He's the rewarder of those who do his will. Continues, describes himself as notzer chesed la alafim. He is extending loving kindness to thousands of generations. God remembers the faithfulness of those who came before and even counts that to some level in the future generations. He forgives iniquity. No se avon Sins that are committed willingly. He forgives the sins, the rebellion, sins that we commit fesha in pure disobedience. And sin, straight up sin. Those things, though, that we may not have even known, chata. Those things we may not even have known we were doing, or did not know that it was forbidden. And most importantly, vinake, cleansing. And yes, that is the Old Testament God. That Marcion wanted to and did attempt to write out of the Bible. Because who in the world could ever trust a God who describes himself like that? That's the words of God. And that is what he had waiting for them after their horrendous fall at the golden calf. And yes, there were consequences. But this was one thing. When Moses passed before when the when God passed before Moses as he hid in the rock and he said, Adonai, Adonai Bekanun. This is one thing. It's a call to come back. And it was very particular here. Moses, in this particular case, in Exodus 34, was interceding for the people. But it established for all of us the precedent of how God sees us and how He is slow and gracious and loving kindness and forgiving sin. And that's what all of this, all of this, from Elul through Rosh Hashanah to these 10 days of, of awe to these Yamim Noraim, these days of awe, and especially this upcoming Yom Kippur celebration, are about forgiveness and coming back to Him. It is the words of this week's Haftorah from Hosea Return, O Israel, to the Lord. Return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. That we may present the fruit of our lips. Now look at that. Take words, say to him the fruit of our lips. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of mouth related stuff. That connects on Shabbat Shuva. And it's all about one thing, and this Hebrew word is one you should know. It's called vidui. Vidui means confession. That's what Hosea is saying to Israel. It's more than repentance. It is the foundation of high holidays, of Shabbat Shuva, of Yom Kippur. It's repentance, but it's not just any repentance. It is repentance with confession. So after services, I'm going to don my black choir robe and hat, and I have a confession booth set up in my office, and I'll be taking... <laughs> they got that from us, like everything. Not that. Repentance and confession. The words of your mouth are intimately, intricately connected. And you see, Moses, for the golden calf thing, Moses interceded and it was for all the people. But the thing is, he still confessed the sin with his mouth, even though it wasn't his sin. Moses, when he came to repent for the people and ask for God's help, he said these words. Alas, this people has committed a great sin and they have made a God of gold for themselves. But now, if you will forgive their sin. And for once, well, no, for a lot of times, Moses could get away with that. It's so often that when we want to confess, we want to say, you know what, I'm sorry, but it's his fault. Moses actually could say that this time. He didn't have anything to do with it. But he steps in and takes it and he makes this confession. Because just as repentance cannot be considered complete until it has brought a man to confess, confession is not valid unless it comes from a deep, churning burn inside of you to repent, to change. They are like this. But in Judaism, they are absolutely unable to be separated. One is not without the other. Confession is a must. Without it, repentance cannot take place. Even if one has decided that you're going you're to not sin, you're going to radically alter your way of life, it does not amount to a complete act of repentance without confession. Confession. It sort of makes us think of Romans 10 although the context is a bit different when it says if you confess with your if you confess with your m- mouth and believe in your heart you can apply that same thing. Repentance begins in the heart, the confession comes with the mouth and that completes the whole process. Right? And so we have these days these days of Elul and the soul-searching there. The shofar on Rosh Hashanah and the soul-awakening there. The, the ten days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, including Shabbat Shuvah. This, the Sabbath of return, where we read Hosea's words and he's begging us to come back. And we remember Erachapayam, slow to anger, loving kindness, forgiving. All that. All of this to make you think. Well, I'm just not that bad of a person, Damien. I get it. I I would like to think I'm not either. But I always like to think to myself, I stand up here and do this often. I wonder how I would change myself if there was a video camera attached to me at all times, 24-7, except when I sleep, because goodness knows, That would be embarrassing. (laughs) Would it change you? If you knew that every Shabbat we were going to put one person's last week up there? The thing is, God has a 24-7 video camera. And so as great as we might think we're doing, or great as we are, there's always room. There's always something to search out. There's always something to ask for. Yom Kippur. Confession is is not, you don't just all of a sudden say, you know, I'll come in here on this. I'll do this thing. Hey, God, I'm sorry. All right, let's go. Break the fast. Confession is not something that just comes out of nowhere. It takes Time And even though we're going to have a number of set prayers that we say and the confessions we say on Yom Kippur are not very pleasant and they will make you think. But it's inside of you having spent this amount of time to now to get ready to come to Yom Kippur. That's your job. And so just think of your video camera that God's been watching for. It's not a guilt trip. Just search your heart. Search yourself. And then be ready to confess and cast that out. To say to the gracious, merciful, compassionate, slow to anger, loving, kind God of forgiveness, I want to come back in toto. I want to be fully back. I want a clean start. I want to make some changes to the things. All of this stuff that we've talked about here, I've talked about it for, you know, 13 years. Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously that we may present the fruit of our lips. Say what you need to say. So if you haven't prepared yourself, if you haven't even thought about this, or if you've never done it and you have no idea what I'm even talking about, let me let me give you some some good news. Remember uh, Christmas, Carol? The, the oh, well, I was going to say the movie. There is actually a book. People read books sometimes. <laughs> um, but remember when when he has these uh, Ebenezer Scrooge has these dreams, he went through the what, what was the horrible process he went through? Reviewing his past, right? Considering his present and looking at the foreboding future that lay before him. That was what he had to suffer through. And remember what he did when he woke up, at least in the movie? He busted out through the window and said, Have I missed it? Has it come and gone? And the little boy in the movie said, no, it's Christmas Day. What day is it, he said, have I missed it? So the good news, like Ebenezer Scrooge, you haven't missed it. There's still time. There's still time for you to take it seriously. And it's way better than Christmas or a Christmas goose that Ebenezer Scrooge bought for Bob Cratchit. It's God's gift to you. So by way of very, very quick reminder, these are the three areas of supreme importance when it comes to your confession. To God, number one. And that's actually the easy part. You read what I just read. That's the God who's waiting for you to come and confess, right? And, and, and you know, the, the 13 attributes, I'm not suggesting you should take this casually. When you read these confessions, as I said on Yom Kippur, they will, I really want you to understand what you're saying and to who and what he's doing for you. And as I've said a lot, this isn't about eternal life. It's about right now and it's about tomorrow and next year And all that. And the truth of the matter is, even if it's not about your eternal destiny, if what you do on Yom Kippur provides for you a better life in the future and more opportunities to be pleasing to God, then in essence, it does have to do with your eternal fate, because you will be storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. The process of confession and repentance is a way that we return and then we begin to store up these great things that we're doing, not for ourselves, but for others. God is meeting you for a fresh start. Number one, To God, number two, to man. It gets a little bit harder here. It gets a little bit harder here. God, I'm sorry. That's really pretty easy, isn't it? But how about to the person who hurt you? Deeply down to your core. To either extend forgiveness, even if unmerited, that is very, very hard to do. But remember, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to drop dead. That's the that's the common sense of that. So either when it comes to men, you're either forgiving someone or you are humbling yourself and having to go ask for forgiveness for someone. Because guess what? Yom Kippur atones for sins between man and God, but not Between man and his fellow. And you remember Yeshua's words on this, right? If you're bringing your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, go and be reconciled. It's useless to come in here and do this thing with God. If your whole life out there with your fellow man is a disaster. So first, to God. Second, you have to look and evaluate and figure out where are your opportunities with your fellow brother or sister. And third, and sometimes the most difficult, you have to forgive yourself. You have to confess and let yourself off the hook. For some people... That's really difficult. But if you've done those first two things, if you've you've asked forgiveness from God, if you've made reconciliation with people, and you hold on to your own unforgiveness, if you're angry with yourself, you miss the connection. Regret. Regret. Self-doubt, self-deprecation. It's hard to recognize how often you're listening to the voice that's inside. You know that little one. The one that doubts your ability to do the things that you really want to do and tells you about it. The one that whispers to you about what you'll never have or never be. The little voice that, that reminds you so frequently of all your past failures. The wrong kind of still small voice that never shuts up. And you sometimes need a good sit-down conversation with yourself. And that's part of what this is all about. That's part of the process. Recognize, confess, repent, return. Say what you need to say. I am often totally consumed with the high holidays. For me, uh, embarrassingly and just confessing honestly, most of the time as the high holidays are coming, I can't wait for the high holidays to be going. Because there's so much that needs to be done. Why? Well, I've got to make it an experience for you, don't I? I've got to sit up here and make your high holidays meaningful. And all the while, I totally miss all of it. It's not a complaint. I'm saying that's my own fault. Because we're all in this together for ourselves. But, you know, this week, from Rosh Hashanah on, it has been happening to me like it always does. Just, just a still, small voice, the right one. The right one this time. Speaking, reminding me of who I am, which is not, as I said, a horrible person, but not who I'm supposed to be. That there is so much improvement, that there's so much. And that still, small voice, I pray it will talk to you from Shabbat Shuva until Wednesday night, Thursday. And remind you of who we all could be. Of who we really want to be. And that's my favorite part of the High Holidays. God gets it. He calls back. He illuminates the path back no matter how far you have veered off. And you know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. It is conceivable that n- uh, no one in this room will make any connection to Yom Kippur. I have lived as a Jew my whole life except for a stint in the church where I was very thankful to not be fasting and uh, subjecting myself to the misery of Yom Kippur. And for some crazy reason, I came back. I'm kidding. It's where I need to be. But no matter how good your life is i'm not asking you to pull out one of those monk whips and start beating yourself all across the back with it i'm just asking you to give god an opportunity to speak into your heart in some way for your own good and so as i've said before it may not be any of the prayers that you read in the book It may. The confession that you say may encourage you to think about something in your life. But it may not. But the point is this. God can transform you through things that you never expected he was going to do. That's my hope and prayer. And it starts with repentance in your heart. And confession on your lips. So think about it and say what you need to say.